Hi, Brent. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Uh, good. Uh, good morning. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Great. How How are you feeling today? Yeah, I feel. I feel. Uh, I feel quite good. Obviously, I finished yesterday, yeah. so um, I've been out with uh, with my dog, and I feel. I feel quite good, and I'm going to try and do maybe a gentle three mile run uh, later, just to keep the legs going and just see how they are. But in, but generally, I feel. I feel surprisingly quite good. 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 So let's see. <laughs> So let's uh, obviously. I know we've chatted. I I know what you've been up to the last couple of months, and I've followed your um, I've followed your your social feeds. To, um, tell tell everyone, you know what what your challenges that you've been doing over the last couple of months. So um, during lockdown, I wanted to do a challenge. I was seeing all these people doing these challenges, um, and then I saw the Chester Zoo appeal. Um, and mm-hmm. that inspired me to do something. So I set a challenge to run half a marathon every day in June and then the full marathon every day in July. Um, and then to finish it, I thought it was a, quite a nice ending because then I ran um, from Media City to Chester Zoo, which would be approximately 35 miles. I thought that would be quite a nice uh, end to the sort of ch- the challenge. So that's sort of how I came up with this challenge. So. <laughs> It wasn't enough to run a half marathon a day in June and then a marathon a day in July. You thought you'd you'd finish it off with an ultra. Yeah, I just thought, you know, let's just make it a bit more difficult for myself. Yeah. Why me <laughs> why Media City? Do you, you live in Manchester, do you? Yeah, so I, I live at I live at Sulphur Keith, so it was quite it was quite convenient to have um media to start at Media City and then I could join up to the canal path which would take me over towards Chester. So it was all quite good quite easy to plan really that route. Cool. Okay. So, so, yeah. so why Chester Zoo then? You touched on it there, but yeah. So, um, I've been working with children and adults with um, special educational needs for the last ten years. Um, oh. So that's taken me. I've been many times. I absolutely love their reaction when they see the animals. Um, educational purposes, working in education, I think it's key. Um, conservation zoos play a vital role now conservation programs so that sort of combination was kind of why i thought you know what i want to do something in the northwest um and do something to uh, with chester zoo because they do such an amazing thing yeah it's a fantastic zoo i mean i'm i'm not far away i'm based i'm in shropshire i I have fond memories of going to chester zoo as as a kid with the family and and now well, more recently, taking my children there because it's obviously our closest zoo. It's an amazing place. It's a huge zoo as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's why you know that's why the appeal was so important because it is so big. I mean, they look after what thirty-five thousand animals, and it is a massive zoo. So mm. it's it's a very special place. Yeah, it's... yeah, very good. I I remember coming out covered in bat poo the last time we went going through the bat cave. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that usually happens, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so why these distances then? What? Why a half marathon in June and then a marathon in July? Because what, what was your total mileage? Over 1,200? Um, it was, yeah, it was 1,238 was the miles I covered in the end. Wow. Um, so, I well, I... I was, because I'd run Africa two years ago, um, I sort of do enjoy these challenges. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, when they when I saw the Chester Zoo appeal, I was like, right, I want to do a challenge, but I don't want to do one where I completely push myself to the limit like I did in Africa. But So I just thought to myself, well, I'm in quite good shape. I've been running really well all year. And I thought, well, actually, if I do a, a month of half marathons, 
Yeah. That will ease me with some high mileage, and then I'll just do one month of marathons. So in my mind, the half marathons was almost like a stepping stone training into this the month of the marathons. Okay. So I kind of came up with that idea, and then obviously I thought, have two days off and then run to the zoo, and that was just a nice ending. Yeah. Um, because I thought two months of full marathons, I didn't want to then be finish it and then be like, not have a period of time of not running. So I just wanted to, to do it like that. Okay, well, I will ask you a little bit about Africa uh, mm. later on, and you because uh, I know you're planning on doing more. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, so your half marathons were your warm up essentially, then for your marathons, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, that's how I viewed it because I kind of paralleled it to the Africa marathon at least every day. Yeah. So I just felt that that was a it was a good. And I was starting to increase my mileage anyway, so I didn't feel like I was pushing myself too far out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, it was, you know, it was quite difficult, you know, well, quite a challenge to run consecutive days, you know, halves and marathons. It's still obviously pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I just felt that was the best way to fundraise um, because I thought people following would just be think, right, that man's crazy. I'll give a, I'll give a few quid. <laughs> <laughs> so what what sort of times were you doing the the half marathons in at the beginning then compared to the end of you know just thinking about June what, what did they yeah. what did they look like so, so most of the half marathons were pretty much averaging two hours fifteen yeah. um yeah I was I seemed to I was needing to run these challenges about nine and a half minutes ten minute miles mm-hmm. um just to keep churning it over because you don't want to go too fast and it's just about pacing yourself rather than the speed so um yeah on average it was around two and two hours 15 and i was doing most of them actually in the morning because obviously there's that really hot period in june yeah so i was i was doing a lot um in the morning before it got too hot and obviously doing it with costumes i found that there was quite a lot of chafing with the heat yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come. We'll come back to the costumes. What? So, so you, you're averaging them yeah. in about two fifteens, and it yeah. was hot. We had that really hot period, didn't we? When it was, when it was during lockdown. So, what? What time? What time were you going out to do those? Um, I was doing those. Sometimes I was going out about five in the morning because I'm an early riser anyway. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, oh, let's get beat the heat. But then I was thinking sometimes it was a bit too early because then being in the costume then was people weren't really seeing me so I kind of I was having this battle of I need to get this a bit right and then obviously at the time when it got really hot I was like am I going to be able to do all of this in, in costume because it was starting to get really hot so yeah I, I do run early but then with July's weather and going into the marathon July's been a lot cooler so actually I was starting a lot a bit later okay so what sort of times are you doing in July um, I was back at work, so with, obviously with lockdown, I wasn't in the school. So I was, I was in, I was in the week I started the marathon. So I was getting up at four o'clock to do eighteen miles, and then I'd work, and then, um, then I'd finish work, and then I'd do the rest of the marathon in the evening. So some of the days were were kind of split. Yeah. And then I had to fit, obviously, fit the running around work because that came first. So. It worked out quite well because it made it more fun because people could see me more in the different costumes. So I would do like sometimes a morning session and then do my work and then go back out. So some of it was split where other days it was it was continuous, 
Because um, yeah. in most challenges I've done, I actually prefer to get it all done in one chunk, obviously with a break, um, because then it's done and dusted. But this one, I was, it was, I kind of just thought, you know what, this challenge is more about fun than actually just going out and running. You know, it's about just making people smile, making people laugh, and obviously going back to the costumes again. That's why. Yeah. It was all about having fun, really, in a time that we were all a bit sort of uncertain. That, that's that's amazing. So you so you were getting up at four a.m. You were, you were doing the majority of a marathon, then going yeah. to work, and where you're helping people. Um, yeah, working with children with special educational needs, which yeah, it's quite tiring in itself. Yeah, so you've had yeah. a busy day at work, and then you'd come in yeah. and, and finish off your mileage, d- yeah. dressed up again. Um, dressed up, yeah, all of it was dressed up in in costume, but it was. That, that that week I was at work and then doing that that was I was really really tired because working in in a classroom is mentally tiring mm-hmm. and then you have that dip naturally after work so then you you know all day I'm in in my head I'm thinking I've got to go out and do another eight nine whatever miles yeah um I mean one of the days I just I did sleep in so it I didn't I had eighteen miles left I think it was fifteen and I didn't start till 4.15 in the evening and the afternoon. So that day was a bit more pressure because you've got that pressure to cover such a distance in the in the evening, afternoon. So I was a bit like, oh, no. But anyway, <laughs> so you've just, you just got to stop moaning and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> what an attitude. is brilliant. Um, so what, what's... So what's, we 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 a minutes per mile consistent then with the... In July again, do you, you know, that nine and a half, ten minute mile in, is that what you do? Yeah, I mean, when I look at my stats, it is quite consistent. Yeah. Um, there are some a few quicker ones in there, and there's a few slower ones in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's. And I look when I look at back at my Africa times, mm-hmm. and when I look, when I ran joggle, it all seems to be when I do these challenges, my comfortable sort of pace is about nine and a half minute miles on these on these big sort of back to back days. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So, you've mentioned your costumes. <laughs> Tell us about your costumes. What did you have? And but I, I mean, I've seen I've seen a few of them on social media. But yeah. Go on. Tell us. <laughs> tell us what you what you ran as and where you got your outfits from. And... Yeah. So I I never I never set out to do it in fancy dress. The plan was always to do the last one in one outfit. Okay. And then so what did it change? I did. <laughs> I did um, I ordered the penguin because it was cheap. It was only like fourteen pound. Yeah. On Amazon, and it arrived, and it was just as you know, people that have seen it online, it's got like a, it's one of those where it's got like a, almost like a hula hoop, so it's quite wide. Yeah. yeah. And then the head's got the beak, the, the the penguin head and the eyes, and I just looked in the mirror and I just thought, do you know what? If I saw that running down a street and I was in a car or crossing the road or and in the morning or in the evening and you're like half asleep or in the climate we're in, you're sort of having a bit of a flat day and you just see this thing, you'll just be go, go home and just say, I saw a penguin running today. <laughs> or it would make you smile or it would make you think, what on earth's going on? So I loved that concept of just taking someone's mind out of the climate we're in and just having that bit of fun. Um, and then, so I thought, I'm going to do it all in costumes. So I went back online, and I, there's another cheap one, which was a parrot. So I got the parrot. So I started running in the penguin and the parrot, and then people's reaction was like laughter, smiling. The tram started to um, 
sound their horns. Someone took a video from a balcony from a flat and um, tagged in the Metro link, and then they tweeted the picture. Yeah. And it was starting to get like a positive vibe about it in fun and not serious, which I thought we all needed. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up basically cut a very long story short. I ended up ordering a giraffe, an inflatable rhino, um, a chameleon. I already had a bear because um, I had that when I did a marathon a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so I had six costumes in total, um, and I would rotate them. And obviously, some that you found you could run easier with, um, and some not so. But overall, when we had the heat in June. I discovered that you sweat an awful lot, and that equals rather a lot of chafing. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you deal with that then? Um, <laughs> and, and other injuries, actually. How? Because uh, you're running so consistent. Do, do you get injured? Did, what did you have any injuries? What other than chafing? I mean, I mean, touch wood. And I really, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to think too much about luck, but. I've been very fortunate, and I didn't have one niggle on this run. Um, wow. Today, I don't. I don't feel like I've. I feel quite good. So injury wise, that's always been. I've been very lucky. And I hope that luck continues. Um, the chafing that was a new dimension because I hadn't had chafing before. So I just use lots of Vaseline and stuff like that and yeah. but then every time I then discovered it was in just because literally it was it wasn't in one area it was literally because your body in that heat becomes like a river yeah. so you literally are every time you move it it could be under my arms one day or it could be right across my back the other day so it was just um so when we got to July and it got a bit cooler I was a bit like oh at least the chafing's having a rest and yeah. it kind of disappeared and then Every time it got a bit hot, you could you could see that it would soon come back. But we haven't had that weather, have we, this this uh, month, so no. July. So I was quite lucky. I think I got less off. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so what um, what what's your background? How do you, you you must be quite genetically gifted not to get any niggles at all. I mean, that's that's amazing. Um, do, do you do a lot of strength work, or was it? Have you always ran? <laughs> I suppose this is, the, this is the crazy bit. So a little bit about me is I left school with two GCSEs. My sister went to private school. She was very academic. Um, my brother wanted to be a mechanic, so he had his drive. And I was always one of those. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I think part of that then led on to me being a comfort eater. So by the age of 16, 17, I was, I don't know, going on 17 stone, I was 40, 42 inch waist. I was always that person picked last at school, you know, where the teacher then chooses which group you're going to go in. Um, so I, I was never an active person. I, would, I never ran. I wasn't in a sports club. Um, and then I came to Manchester, taught my way on to a degree, uh, and then really for 10 years my life was like a cycle of self-destructive behaviour. So I got heavily into drink, heavily into drugs, um, and I suppose my life was just very chaotic in that circle. Um, and then in 2006, I would have been 27. Yeah. It was a bet to run a half marathon. Um, it was at the Christmas time. So I had three months to train for the Wilmslow half marathon. Okay. So I used to get up in the dark in an oversized hoodie. Um, I hated it. I thought, what was the point? I thought, no, you're going to do it. You're going to just, what's three months of your life? In three months' time, I can be back going out clubbing, etc. Anyway, three months later, I lost probably about three stone. 
Um, so what's, what, big, what sort of size were you then, then? Can you remember? Uh, do you know what? Because I didn't really... I mean, I must have been... I must have been going on 17 stone then. Okay. She was still... Yeah. Yeah. I was still quite... Yeah, I was still quite... Quite quite on the big side. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember crossing the line of the Wilmslow Half, and that was the first thing that I was like, oh, my gosh, I've done something for me. I'm, I'm good at something. Um, the next day, I was like, oh, my gosh avoid stairs at all costs i was going downstairs backwards yeah. um the first emotion i had when i crossed the line was that half marathon was how on earth do you then do a marathon because that means you'd have to run that course again um i didn't run with a gps watch then it was just i just ran to how i felt um it wasn't until the next day that i realized that i'd run 124 um for my first half marathon um and it was that wow. run then and that, and that kind of that discipline and structure that running had given me that I think then led on to these last 12 years of adventure and running because after that run I then did the Manchester 10k so that was in the May so a few months later and I did that in 38 minutes 05 um and then I spent the next few years doing sort of shorter races um I got my half marathon down to 122 31 or something like that and my 10k down to 37 um, and then went into the marathon, mm-hmm. but it was a it was a trip to Malawi in Africa that would really sort of change everything to me. That what was important in life, I I went there and I went across um, Malawi in cycle on a, on a cycle, um, mm-hmm. and I was so inspired by them. It's one of the poorest countries in the world, and I was inspired with how they just welcomed us into every village. Um, so they, how did that come about? Was that at the end of uni or? So, so the Africa run, uh, the Africa cycle came out because I bumped into a friend that I used to go clubbing with. So I was, I was doing a lot of drugs at the time, and and I bumped into him, and I said, he said, Brendan, you're you're looking quite healthy these days. I said, well, you're never going to guess. I've actually, I've not drank for ages. I'm not going out. I've really got into this running. And he, he said, oh, you might be interested in a in this uh, team called Mission Malawi. As a team of 11 people from Manchester going to Malawi to do a cycle to raise money for Action Aid, and I said, "Oh, that's that's something I definitely would like to do." So I went along to the meeting, um, and then signed up, and that's how that this um, my relationship with Malawi started. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, so then I cycled across Malawi, and then I came back, mm-hmm. um, and I remember sitting in Manchester and looking around at sort of people coming out of all the shops and I thought, you know, we've got all of this stuff but no one seems to be happy. No one there's not there's no one smiling because the week before we were cycling along roads in Malawi and you were we were surrounded by children running up to ten kilometers to school with the biggest smile on their faces and it you just couldn't get your head around. It's like there's so much poverty and they don't have anything, but then they have everything. They have this kind of a happiness that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got back and I, on conclusion, thought that we were really here to make a difference and, and, and I was in a position that I wanted to do a job where I wanted to give back. So that's how I started to work with children with special educational needs. Um, and then I became involved with FOMO, which is Friends of Malandia Orphans, that support 3,500 orphans in Malawi. Mm-hmm. And that's what inspired me then to go on and do bigger challenges because that tied into wanting to raise more money. So that's sort of why I then led into these bigger challenges that I've done over the last few 
few years, including obviously the Chester Zoo one. Yeah. Okay. It's really interesting that you've, you know, thanks for being so open and honest with us, and you've, <laughs> the way the way you've ju- you've just explained that in your words of talking about making a difference, and mm. but I I I my question was about how do you stay injury free and do you not get injured? So from what you're describing, is it more of a mental thing for you that you don't get injured because you appreciate now that you've got this different lifestyle that you've, that you've been to Malawi and you, and you, and you appreciate the opportunity to be able to run or what, what what do you put it down to? For me saying injury free. Mm. Uh, See, it's really interesting because I, Obviously, I always keep thinking to myself, why do I not get a niggle and why do, how can I just keep going? So yesterday when some runners came to join me at the end of the 38 miles, mm-hmm. um, one of the guys that joined me said, Brennan, you're still moving really well. He said, I thought you'd be a bit more, you know, stiff, pain, you know, <laughs> yeah. a bit more stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I think there's an element. I, I don't drive. I've never driven. Okay. Um, I failed my test years ago and I was just checking on my phone. Um, last year and I don't think there's a day go by that I don't really co- don't cover anything less than eight or nine miles um so I just don't know whether it's is it because I walk everywhere mm-hmm. um and my body's just been used to being upright um and I'm not being sat in a car I mean I'm on a job I've always been in jobs where I'm on my feet for long periods mm-hmm. obviously working in a school with children with special educational needs you're always moving yeah. Before that, I was in retail, so I was stood up all day in the shop. So I, I just, I mean, I, I, you know, that might not have any relationship, but that's the, in my head, that's, yeah. the, that's the only kind of thing I'm, I'm thinking that, is it because I've always been upright rather than a job where I'm sat down for long periods? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, why not? I'm sure that that would all uh, contribute. But going back to your mental thing, mm-hmm. I think that's what these, a lot of these challenges are definitely, it's, it's that mental breaking it down day in day out and not panicking so i think a big percentage of the why people go on and achieve them mm-hmm. is definitely more mental than your physical so, so, so what do you because you you spoke before and this was really lovely that you you spoke about going out wearing the costumes to, to try and help take someone else's mind out of the day-to-day mm-hmm. and lockdown which is really you know it's a lovely thing to say and do but whatever yeah. so what what do you think about how do you take your mind out when you're when you're running a marathon every day in July? Well, I just I suppose I would compare it quite often to when I ran across Africa. Mm-hmm. I was running in forty degree heat there, I was camping, I was I was cut off from every luxury. So if I was having a bit of a tougher day, like the chafing or it was a day hot with the costume, I, in my head I would think one with the experience of my previous big challenges, I would say I would think to myself stay relaxed, stay calm, take it one step at a time, all those sort of things that you think about. And then I just kept thinking, with this challenge, I'm going back to a warm shower, my own bed, I can recover easily, Um, I know the area, and you're not on the road just going, you know, in your tent, and then I've got to, you know, in Africa, I have to get into a warm tent, I was drinking water that wasn't in a fridge. So I just kept focusing on, do you know what, I've got nothing to moan about because I'm surrounded by luxury. So mm-hmm. I just stayed. I just stayed calm, and then it goes back to that fun. The amount of people as it grew each week that people knew what I was doing. You know, there's what there's a road that's gone to single lane in Manchester now. Yeah. Or there's a building site. They're building a block of two flats there. And what would happen is I'd be coming along, and the, 
one of the builders higher up would shout, the penguin, it's the penguin today. <laughs> the, cra- the crane would start beeping. And then before I knew it, the whole of Trinity Way up through into Manchester was just the sound of horns. And then all the builders shouting, go on, lads, smash it. And so that then takes your mind off it because you're just thinking, do you know what? This is what we just all need. Don't take life seriously. We're just There's a penguin running through Manchester and everyone's <laughs> laughing. It's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the trams as well before, and so did you do the route? Did you do the same route each time from home? Why did you plan that? So um, I, I have like two sort of thirty-mile loops, and I have some twenty, so they're big ones. But I would tend to rotate them um, around. So I had one that went into the city centre um, and did a loop, so I wasn't repeating myself. So I go out on the on the river and then come back on the canal but then you tie and go through Manchester City Centre yeah. and then my other one would take me out on the canal to like Sale, Chalton, um, that side of Manchester, excuse me, and then I would I would do a lot of sort of, I'd do a six mile loop from around Sulphur Keys because it's around all the water so it is quite nice here yeah. and it was quite nice because um, it's quite nice to keep being seen by the same people because obviously they would then start to film you and then share things yeah. on, and then it was sort of that ripple effect out. So, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it becomes just, part it, of the story, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it was a really lovely story I just share with you because I think it was lovely. There's a couple that started the Couch to 5K, and they bumped into me where I live one morning and they said, you know, they can't believe how far they've come. They said, we're only walking running and they've been a huge support and then yesterday as I was coming towards Chester there was a car pulled over and they both followed the tracker and they both came out and gave me a massive clap as I went past and they just said you really inspired us to keep going and it's like those little moments that are more special than me really completing it because that's what it boils down to you want to make a difference you know that's what it's it's about isn't it raising the money and making a difference and hopefully inspiring people but me completing it in, in some ways that's amazing that's amazing really brilliant <laughs> yes. did you did you do all this on your own do you so have anyone help I, so yeah so obviously going from home it was quite easy um with the covid situation i think you have to be very mindful of attracting too many people to join you mm-hmm. um i was very mindful of that i didn't really broadcast people to come and join me even though it's a funny one because if there wasn't COVID, would I have done the challenge? But because of COVID, I didn't have lots of people joining me because I couldn't promote it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have handfuls of people at different times. There was a couple of runners that have joined me more than once. Um, and so towards the end, I pretty much the last two weeks, I pretty much had someone for at least, you know, six miles or up to 15 yeah. join me. Um, so that was really good because obviously towards the end, getting up the last two weeks I would say was mentally tougher because not because of the costumes it was literally getting up and running just around where you live across Manchester and Salford I was just kind of getting bored of because yeah. covering 26 miles is a big distance mm-hmm. um where when I ran Africa and John O'Groats to Land's End you know every step you get into a point where you think right we get to that village that county you feel you're on a journey of progress where the last two weeks, I really appreciated people coming to join me. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last day, I had people with me the whole way through. So they just did what distance they were comfortable. But then it was funny because once they stopped, someone else would join. And then there were some people at the end. So 
it was a really it was a really special day yesterday. Yeah, it was really good. Brilliant. And where, whereabouts did you finish in Chester Zoo? Which, which animals were watching you? So anyone that's seen anyone that's seen the BBC feature that is all over my social media. Yeah. I mean, I finished in the inflatable rhino. Yeah. And then I finished just inside the zoo gates, and there was people either side, and then we turned around, got me to stand there, and right behind me on my shoulder was a, a big rhino, and obviously a bit further back. We were a bit Perfect. conscious of be going too <laughs> too close to the rhino with my inflatable. He might have got a bit friendly or something. <laughs> so um, I'd keep it distance. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I, I did see the um the coverage on the news as well. It was very very good. Very good. Yeah. So how do how do um I'm sorry how much money have you raised and how do people donate if they'd like to support you? Yeah, so anyone that has donated so far or followed or sent a message that you know I'm really grateful and say thank you. Um, we've passed eleven thousand. Um, Brilliant. And you can donate by going on my probably the best thing is my website brendanrendell.com. Um, and then you, it's the first on the first page there's a link which is the just giving. And that would take me straight through to the donation link. Um, and obviously, we're still accepting donations because Chester Zoo desperately still need money. So yeah. anyone that can spare a few pounds, I really do appreciate it. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a fantastic amount of money as well, Brendan. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. You've mentioned that you've, you have you did a challenge in Africa before. Mm-hmm. Before we go, and I've met people like you before. I'm sure that this isn't <laughs> we're sure that this isn't the last of your crazy challenges. Just just quickly tell us what you did in Africa before and, and what you've got what you've got planned. Yeah, so so 2016, I ran the length of Malawi, which was 27 miles in 27 days. I raised 35,000 pounds, and that helped build the school to support three and a half thousand orphans. That then inspired me to run the length of Great Britain as part of my prep to then run the length, the, the width of Africa, sorry, um, in 2018. So I, I left um, Henty's Bay in Namibia and I ran Namibia, Zambia, Malawi and Mozambique. So I ran out of the Atlantic Ocean and then 98 days later, I reached Mozambique and ran into the Indian Ocean. That was 2,474 miles. Wow. Um, um, yeah. Um, I was running for 91 days, um, and then I lost seven days to sickness and was put on a drip at the end, so anyone following knows the story there. Um, and then I raised £40,000 on that one, and that helped build the, the boys' accommodation at FOMO, which was behind the school block that I built, helped fund build in 2016. And that, that school accommodation was for children that were too far from the school or sleeping rough or vulnerable, so at least they had a safe bed while they were getting an education. Obviously, I've had fun with this one. I wanted to run uh, in the northwest and support Chester Zoo, support something local. Um, and then this is all building up to my dream is to run the full length of Africa, which is Cairo to Cape Town. Um, obviously, with COVID, it's really uncertain. Is it sensible, sensible to go and do it next year? I think I'm leaning more to 2022 because I think... I think it's a bit. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen over the next year. So, but my plan is definitely Cairo and Cape Town. It's it's been in the cards for years. I feel I, I know what I've got to do to do it. So how far is focus. that? Six thousand three hundred miles. Oh my word! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. I think you're right. It's times are so uncertain at the moment, and from 
you know, even local region to regions, it's different here, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's I'm sure that's going to take some planning. Um, but and why? What you've achieved is, I mean, it's, it's amazing what, you, what you've done for those children in Malawi. It's, um, you know, you should be very proud. It's absolutely brilliant. Thank amazing. you, thank you. Amazing. What, 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 what happened in um, when you were poorly in Africa? So, I, I just, it was, I had um, six days to go. And I was on for like 93 days or something. Yeah. And I felt great that day running. And then in the evening, I went to bed and I, it was about two in the morning. I woke up and it was just water both ends. And oh. I knew it was something because it was similar to what I'd had in India uh, several years ago when I was traveling. And I knew it was, you know, it wasn't just something that was going to pass. It was obviously something that was just unlucky. Yeah. You know, you, if, if you're on the road and you're camping, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, it's easy to pick up things. I was just unlucky. Um, so I said to the team, right, well, we know where we finished. I need to get to a hotel because I think I'm going to be quite sick. Um, luckily, we had a doctor with me at the time and then they recommended when we got to the hotel, I checked into a room, which was the first time for weeks. And um, he put me straight on a drip because he said, because I couldn't eat anything. So he just said, you know, the, the amount of running you're doing, it's important that we keep you hydrated. So I was, I was on the drip for three days and then I came back and it was quite an emotional end really because I, can't, I was forced to myself to eat to get the calories. Yeah. So the last six days I had 166 miles to, to get to the Indian, to the, uh, Indian Ocean. So luckily I successfully did it. And luckily, which it ties it all back is, you know, the children that joined me those those days going as soon as I started I mean I didn't feel great but as soon as I started the first few kilometers there was like 50 children running with me and I was just thinking do you know what I'm never going to relive these steps this is a special moment stop moaning and get on with it <laughs> brilliant amazing amazing well done um, thank you I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, all sorts of questions popping up I'd love to hear more about the Africa trip but we'd be We'd be yeah. uh, we'd be here for a, an hour or two more, I'm sure. But uh, but when you um when you do come to your length of Africa um challenge, we'd uh, yeah we'd love to get you back on again to chat to you about that before and after and follow that. Will, will you take? Do you have you got a local park run or do you would you t- do you take part in any local events now? Will you when they when they're eventually back? Up yeah, and when running? they come back, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when they come back, I'll be going. I'm I'm a children runner, so I've you know I've not trained with them so much because of these challenges have all been quite you know solitary. Yeah. Um. So I'm really looking forward to um getting back and doing some park runs, getting back with the children runners, um and doing some community stuff. So definitely, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Brendan, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for sharing sharing uh, everything you've been up to over the last couple of months. Um. If anyone wants to donate, just remind us where, where they can do that. Yeah, you can donate. Visit my uh, website, brendanrendall.com. There'll be a link straight to Just Giving and just, uh, yeah, just donate what you what you can. Um, every pound really does make, make a difference in Chester Zoo. Desperately need it. And thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for your support over the last two months. You've done a, you know, an incredible thing supporting me so much. Thank you very much, Brendan.